This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. 93.7 The Ticket veteran and Bill Callahan fan club president, Jake Bakovin. I love Billy. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. This is On the Block here on a Friday. I am Jake Bakovin back in studio. I think we got Rocky still playing on the, the TV behind me. We also have uh, Eric Strickland, Husker Hall of Famer, longtime NBA vet with his ticket hat out there getting some golf done today. Strick, uh, let everybody know what, uh, well, first first of all, what you're doing out there, and then second of all, how your golf game's looking today. Well, I hit, I hit the ball pretty good today. It's been uh, it's, it's been blazing hot. Let's just, let's just first state the case. It is not a cool day. Thank goodness for the Nebraska breeze and the wind that was keeping us at least a little bit, uh, you know, cool if you step into the shade a little bit. Uh, it's been a fun day. Today out here, um, we're in Falls City, Nebraska, uh, just just really doing a wonderful thing to support uh, the hospitals and the medical centers that service uh, the rural areas. So we're here for the Community uh, Medical Center Foundation to raise some money for them. I mean, they've got some wonderful um, uh, silent auction items that are going on display, a Husker banner that's signed by uh, three Heisman Trophy winners uh, from the Huskers, Mickey Joseph, who is out here. We had a nice little sit down with uh, me, Mickey Joseph, as well as Steve Taylor, two phenomenal quarterbacks. Cluster Johnson was the host and led it. A great group of people just out here uh, just serving a great cause, some doctors and, and 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 people that are serving this community. is So it's been a great event up to this point. Well, and it's, it's interesting, too, when you talk about, um, you know, some of those names that uh, you're rubbing elbows with out there. Obviously, Mickey Joseph kind of stands out as Nebraska's current wide receivers coach. And uh, I don't want to divulge too much of your conversation if it was private, but um, I, at least from, you know, when I've been around him, you can kind of sense his energy and optimism, and obviously he's been killing it on the recruiting trail. Um, do you feel like he's he's itching to get back out there at his alma mater now, and and you know get on the field and start start coaching these boys to some victories? Well, you know, absolutely. I do got to say, you know, there's a couple other things out here. There's a black and a gold Heisman helmet that's out here yeah. that's signed by Mike Rogier, Eric Crouch, Johnny Rogers, Mike Garrett. Uh, Wow. And it's going for a great price. Yeah, I mean, it's something that uh, if I can get in and win, uh, it would be <laughs> something I'd like to touch. Um, man, it's just some great things, some hotel stays. They're, they're doing a great job. But I will say that in in, in the interview that Cluster did with Mickey Joseph, uh, you can definitely tell that he's excited. He's, he's uh, grateful for the opportunity to be back here uh, in Nebraska. Um, he, he loves everything about it. He had to have a great conversation with his wife. Uh, to talk about the fact that, you know, we're going back to Nebraska. Well, well, you know, the question was, what do we have to do in order to uh, to stay there? Because they know that they were three and nine. And and uh, he says, well, you know, we, we have to win six games. And she was like, OK, let's go. 
she's like, because you won six games here in LSU. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, they picked up the family and kind of went out here, man. He's he's uh, you can tell that he's got the passion and the drive and the energy. And uh, a couple of them, probably Steve Taylor is going to come by. Mickey will probably come by and I'll be able to sit down with them uh, as they come off different turns of the holes uh, to have some discussions with them. And, and I'm going to ask him that question when he gets here. Yeah, and it'll be a lot of fun to, to catch up with those guys. We also got the guys uh, from the block party Sunday Rewind, or Husker Rewind, I should say now. Tom Stevens uh, and Mike Melby set to join us here. So we're just kind of doing an extended block party with lots of guests. It's going to be a lot of fun. Try to keep this show pretty Husker-centric, but there's also some other stuff to, to uh, tackle as well today. Uh, so we got a fun kind of day ready for you here on the block uh and uh in some news as well i don't know if you saw this uh strick i know that you went to the wrestling event with me vince mcmahon stepped down now he's retiring uh you might have missed that oh, wow. out there yeah so uh that murky watery is in i think uh <laughs> this maybe forces move he's also like 77 years old but uh it's crazy because he's been running the wwe back when it was the wwf um you know for for decades now and um so you wonder if that's gonna change at all i don't know how much uh pro wrestling could change you know, you're kind of limited in your uh, what you can do inside the building and how many different uh, kind of shticks you can do. But uh, certainly interesting, at least uh, in some of the news of the day. Yeah, I mean, that is interesting. I mean, he's been an icon in the sport for a long time now. And so for him to be stepping down at this time, um, I mean, he's put it in and he's left it in a good place. Um, I don't know if he's left it to his daughter or, or which hand. Yeah, she's like co-CEO now. Yeah, so, um, you know, I'm sure it'll be in the good hands. It, it is definitely not at the level that it was uh, during that time of its meteoric rise. Uh, but, you know, there seems like there's been a turnaround. There's been some some of the favorites that are starting to return, obviously, like John Cena and, and, and others are starting to kind of peek their heads back in there a little bit. I think even The Rock has considered coming back and doing some stuff. So, you know, if you get those guys to come back and, and do it, and, and, and they're, they're great icons of the day. I think one of the biggest icons that I miss in the sport was definitely Goldberg. I think oh, yeah. I thought Goldberg was one of the ones that sent it through the roof just with his just his presence. It's electric. Yeah. And then I think, the yeah, very electric. And I think the rock kind of, you know, took it from there. Yeah, great. Yeah, and now they, I mean, I, I think the crossover two appeal of, of UFC and getting Brock Lesnar and uh, Ronda Rousey yeah. over the years has been kind of cool too. So uh, we'll kind of, we'll continue that. But we do have a question too off the text line. Um, after, you know, kind of talking about that Mickey Joseph story, um, do you, th 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 he asked, do you think that the standard metric with Frost is six wins? Do you think that six wins will get him his, his job back if that's, um, you know, kind of where Mickey's head is at? Um I think for a lot of us, that's kind of the idea is get to a bowl game. Other people think that the schedule is too soft. They need to take a bigger step than that this year. But all that matters really is Trev Alberts. Um, if it were you, do you think six wins uh, without knowing, obviously, all the all the intricacies and how you lose and how you win, all that stuff plays into it too. Um, but just if you, know, if, if you were given a metric going into the season, do you think that would be where you draw the line? Again, I go back to the fact of how they do it, how they win the six games or how they lose the six, uh, you yeah. know, the six games. I think those are all points to, to consider when you're looking at it. And I, I really do feel that there's a dynamic that Cluster and I discussed even while we were here, um, while we were talking with some of, the, some of the fans and just some of the people that were here for the uh, Community Medical Center Foundation uh, golf, golf event here. Um, Cluster 
and I both agree that there's a dynamic of not understanding what it takes. Actually, Steve Taylor uh, mentioned it as well. What it actually takes to bring a group of talented individuals into a system and have them to bind together because what people don't understand is that there's going to be times of trial, times of, of circumstance, times of injuries or time, something's going to happen. And it's different in knowing who you have in the trenches with you, how they're going to respond, what you are to expect of them when you've been with them in the fight before. Right. So that's a lot of pieces who are coming from different coaching systems, coming from different coaching mentalities and having to try to establish a culture that has been broken. So you're having, I, I think that's a piece that's being missed. So when I look at six and six, I think it depends on how the six and six is actually done. Or uh, like if they just happen to lose to Jordan Southern and, you know, PJ Fleck and, and Illinois beats the brakes off of them again, but then they beat Oklahoma. And then, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's a topsy-turvy thing. I think still there's at risk. Um, for Coach Frost, if it if it does happen that way, you put yourself at a risk. So I think they're going to do everything they can to make sure that they don't fall short of the mark. Yeah, and I think, too, that's a little bit of an underrated element as well, or underreported maybe, is to expect uh, some some bumps along the way. And, um, you know, especially early in the season, you're not going to be – Or them games being closer, closer yeah. than you expect, right? They're not in the, When you look at the schedule and you start in your mind – real quick, Bach, I'm sorry, no, go I just, ahead, go this ahead. came to me. Yeah. Um, when, when you think in your mind, you're reflecting back, understanding the talent that you have in the room, understanding the linebacker core, which we're going to talk about a little bit, and, and just how excellent they are. Understanding who you have in the potentials of what they can be in players, and you start reflecting on the old talent that you have and the old Nebraska uh, football. So when you look at that schedule, your mind can reflect back into the 90s of domination and say, that's a win, that's a win, mm-hmm. so forth and so on. And then it can end you to, to kind of lose perspective on on just different nuances that can cause problems in a, in a, in a season. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because it is kind of a strange um, thing where Nebraska is, you know, you kind of got to this point where, especially over the last five, six years, um, there aren't really games where Nebraska can roll their helmets out on the field and win. You know, maybe um, against FCS opponents, but we saw McNeese State push Nebraska even when they were year in and year out a nine to ten win team. So um, you know, it, it's it's hard just to win on talent alone or you know recruiting rankings or whatever it is that Nebraska used to be able to do, where you could just count wins, know they were going to be there, and then match up with Oklahoma at the end of the year and fight to go to the Orange Bowl. Um, it's certainly different these years, but it seems like that shift has has somewhat or that 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 the newness of that has kind of maybe faded away nebraska fans myself included are getting back into that um that routine early on in the season where you know just kind of break down northwestern and georgia southern and and uh north 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 dakota and then rutgers and indiana um and and you just you think nebraska is the better situation nebraska is the better team and I, I, you know, especially coming off a three and nine season, we should have learned our lesson by now. Um, but it's almost like a, it, you almost just. I, I think a lot of Nebraska fans have gone back to doing so because it needs to happen this year. I mean, it, it's not so much like Nebraska, 
should win this game or that game. It's if you're realistically thinking that this is going to be a successful season, um, you got to win those games. Otherwise, I mean, you could just feel it. A loss to Indiana, I don't care what you've done prior to that. I mean, you, you're going to be on a, on a hot seat. I mean, because Scott Frost enters the season on a hot seat, it's going to be blazing if you lose one of those games other than Oklahoma. Absolutely. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's that's that's what what you what you just said in essence is what I mean by how they win the six and how they lose the yeah. six, right? Um, because they can lose they can lose to North Dakota or one of those games, either Georgia Southern, North Dakota, or they can lose to someone else. And then at the end of the day, <laughs> you know, you can do that, beat Oklahoma, and then still and then go back and lose to Illinois, or yeah. that, that's ugly. You know what I'm saying? That that's yo okay. You you won that one, but you give it back. Yeah, if you give it back. Yes, you see what I'm saying. So it, it would surely be better if you're you're on a roll and you lose. Like say you're on a roll, you you hit the ones you're supposed to. You win those first three. You lose to Oklahoma, maybe close, and then you win. You know against the you know Illinois or uh, Minnesota, and then. You come back and lose a couple of those bottom feeders. You lose to Michigan, yeah. and then you maybe lose one or one of the two last games. But it's Iowa and um, what Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Right, yeah. And so, so then you're like, uh, you know, there's something to think about, as opposed to like if you're you're down and then you win the last three, that can change the dynamic or the purview or the perception of the season. So it's it, it, it's a lot of nuance to it. So it's nothing that's set in stone. It's nothing that you can say there's a, a particular metric out there. I think it's just kind of just watch and observe. That's what makes it fun for this year. And how it's gonna go. Yeah, and it's, it's going to be for Trev Alberts, too. You have to believe. I know he's got his unspecified metric that they've talked about before. Um, but I believe I believe kind of what you're saying. I think that's ultimately why he didn't make the cut last year is like there's there, there seemed to be just too much. Maybe it was just a, a gut feeling or whatever, but there's too much there to quite give up on it. Uh, I know a lot of Husker fans would have. I might have done it myself, but uh, he felt like there was still something there in the program um, being close in all those games. And I know Nebraska fans hate close, but it's it's something that was a national topic too when they looked at Nebraska. It's like, regardless of, of who you are, you like if you get blown out by Ohio State, we've said this in years past for Nebraska, it's like, well, don't feel bad. Everybody gets blown out by Ohio State. Like You almost have to take that as an outlier game uh, eventually at some point or once in a while punch up and get them. But for the most part, yeah, that's kind of what you expect when you go up against those programs. Nebraska played them close. Nebraska held them to the lowest. I mean, that was the best offense in the country last year. Held them to their lowest point total throughout the year. Um, so, you know, there was always just something that it's like, okay, something's still there. And that's all you have to really fight for at Nebraska. And it's just, it's it's so fascinating to see how the season plays out because, you know, we, we've seen it, you've seen it, uh, where teams, you know, more talented teams lose at times to teams that don't have experience together and don't have that camaraderie. So Nebraska's kind of fighting two battles and you'd certainly rather have it be, you know, a weaker schedule up front to kind of hit that stride and to start, you know, learning how to play with all the new pieces and including your offensive coordinator and all those uh, new offensive assistants, um, then have a, a front loaded schedule where it's very difficult. And then you feel like you're buried, but I almost want to hesitate and, in, 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 you know, at least kind of uh, warn the fans or, or try to tell them, um, you know, you might drop one of those early games, but don't freak out. I mean, it, may, it might 
Um, it might be stunning and, and problematic at the time, and certainly a game preseason that we're circling as a win. But, you know, this is going to be difficult. It's, it's not going to just um, be at midseason form from, from day one in, in Dublin. You know, they, they might take some time to get together. So say they do lose to a Rutgers or uh, an Indiana or somebody early on, and it's massively disappointing, you know, that you can make up for that and more um, with a win late in the season, especially, you know, at, at, the, at the point where you're uh, – when you get the win – um, it would be the biggest win that Nebraska's had uh, in, in Scott Frost's tenure. Yes, and that's absolutely true. But unfortunately, I had one of the the greats to do it on the football scene pass by me. So I wanted to make oh, yeah. sure we get him in here. Coach Reed, former coach and, and great coach who happened to coach some of the best running backs to come through the University of Nebraska out of Central High School, uh, Calvin Jones and Amon Greens, some great linemen that were were also able to go on and do some wonderful things at the collegiate level. Coach Reed, we're here for this event, which is now your 11th annual Absolutely. event for yes. the uh, Community Medical Center Foundation. He's leading the charge out here of helping foundations. Coach Reed, so what does this event mean to you? And uh, we're on 93.7 the ticket, theticketfm.com on the block. That's my partner, Jake Bachman and I. But we really want to know what does this event mean to you and, and and why is it that you decided that this was an important thing to, that needs to be done? I think what it means is helping people. What it means is contacting individuals who may not be able to be contacted otherwise. I, it's just a tremendous feeling uh, to know that uh, you can make a difference in some way and, and add some happiness in some way that is just not normal. And what I try to be and what I try to do and what this means to me is that just being a normal person and doing things that you're capable of doing and bringing people together that you're capable of bringing together and putting them in spots to where to where they can actually work together and, and smile together and laugh together and be, be good people together. I think it's what the, some of what the world is missing, and uh, we just love to be doing our part to give back. That's tremendous. Uh, Coach Reed, you had the you know great wide receiver coach come back, Mickey Joseph, Absolutely. as well as one of the – best quarterbacks as well to come through the University of Nebraska, two-time All-American Steve Taylor, yes. and you had Cluster Johnson hosting this. You know, what does it mean for them to support you the way that they support you? Because that's 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 a tremendous honor to get them to come out to Fall City. Right. I think I think it gets them to, to, to see in real life how much people really approved and, and loved the things that they did for the university and are still doing for their state. And so it's, it's, it's just, it means a lot to me to know that I can contribute and say some things and do some things with individuals of that high quality. It means the world, man. It just means the world. Well, Coach Reed, keep doing what you do. Thank you for stopping by on the block and joining us today in this wonderful event. Thank you for inviting me. It's truly an honor to come back oh, after a shoot. I was dang near what the, one of the inaugural seasons <laughs> when I came out here. Beautiful. And so to come back and make it full circuit, man, it's truly an honor. Thank you yes, for man. what you do and continue to do great work. Absolutely. Love it. Love love you. Love Cluster. Love Bellevue West because it kind of rocked me on my heels when I first met you guys. Listen to this story. Hey, Buck, on, on the block listeners, this is an exclusive. <laughs> Coach Reed, when he coached against us, they, they they beat us. They beat the brakes out of us. But 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 Coach Reed has a little story, so we're going to let him share a quick story on the block before we go to break. Well, I met these two guys. You know, one was one was 10th grade, one was 11th grade, I think, at that time. 
It was Cluster Johnson. Uh, it, was, it was Strick. And uh, I'm on the sideline. I had a tradition. Once, what, what we did, we go into games where we knew we could beat that team, other team. I would start the second string and put them out there, and they would be guaranteed to play the entire first quarter no matter what happened. And then the, the starters would come out. Well, Bellevue West was one of the lower-level teams at that time as far as we were concerned. So we tried that on them. And I saw somebody roll to the right and disappear because of the slant of the field in the back corner about on the 10-yard line. And all of a sudden, I see a ball shoot out of there. It looked like somebody shot it out of a gun. But I didn't. it didn't phase me at all because there was no one in the area to catch it. And then all of a sudden, I see somebody cut and make a beeline to the ball and catches it in midair as he's floating on his back looking me in the face on the out-of-bound line. He said I was looking like and, Superman. And he was just like he just drank a good long Coke of a cola machine. And he goes like, ah, as he looked me in my eye. I just, man. He put the whole first string in. <laughs> Immediately. Yeah. Immediately. I was like, get out of here, Jim. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. First team, first team, first team, first team. Everybody started scuffling to get out there, man. This was uh, this was two heck of an athletes. And uh, Strick and, 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 and Cluster. I just will never forget them, and our meeting has just been a wonderful one, and this has been one hell of a day. Thank you, guys. We lo- well, we love you, Coach. Thank you. And unfortunately, we got to take a break right now, Bach. Um, we're here again at the Community uh, Medical Center Foundation Golf Event, the 11th annual. We're on the block, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Me, Jake Bachabin, and East Drake, Coach Reed, 4 to 6. We'll be right back after these commercial break. <laughs> 